I thought I'd take my boy to see that movie. I hear it's got effects. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker. We have the other Alex back on here. And we just watched The Haunting, the bad version. Released in 1999 by director Jan DeBond, director of such classics as Twister, Speed 2 Cruise Control, and Lara Croft Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life, the Haunting is well regarded as one of the worst remakes of all time. Whether it actually is a remake is open to debate. Who actually cares? This movie totally sucks. It's got Catherine Zeta-Jones, Owen Wilson, uh, Liam Neeson, and Lily Taylor, I think? Anyway, it's really bad, and we've seen it before, but we went through a refresher, and it's pretty awful. Parker, what have you watched recently before we get into this? Okay. First of all, the disrespect to list Speed 2, but not the original Speed. How okay, dare you? Okay, I didn't want to list his <laughs> Literally, one Literally, how movie. dare you? <laughs> I mean, he's done a lot of... Whew. Yeah. He's, is, oh. is Speed 2 the boat one? Yes, Hell Speed yeah. 2 is the boat oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> that should have been the... Uh, they shouldn't have called it Cruise Control. They should have called it Speed 2 the boat one. <laughs> <laughs> I've spent my entire life calling Tomb Raider 2 the cradle of filth, and I don't plan on ever stopping. <laughs> Uh, the nerve of them not to play Cradle of Filth over the end credits. And this movie calls itself a 90s movie. Shame, shame. Voice <laughs> yes. of opportunity. <laughs> Parker, see. what have you watched? I've watched a lot of movies, but most of them aren't worth talking about. Let's oh. see here. Oh, come on. Every film you watch is worth talking about. All right, fine. So I've oh. watched the rest of the Final Destination series. Yay! Check and leap. Fantastic. <laughs> called your bluff on that. Turns right. out varying qualities of pretty good. Oh, yeah. I maintain that I would absolutely watch one of those around Halloween every single year if they kept putting them out. Did you appreciate that they played Roller Coaster of Love at the end of that one? I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> that that one fourth was the one. most, like, improbable thing I had ever seen. Like, that was the first time I'd actually sat through a Final Destination was the one with the, uh, with the roller coaster. And I was like, this is ridiculous. It's awful, and I don't like it, but... This is just getting more and more stupid as we go along. It's incredible. And then they guess... played Roller Coaster of Love at the, at the end of it, and I was like, fuck this, I'm going to bed. Oh it's fun, because all the movies blend together. So my way of telling <laughs> it apart was like, oh, this is the one where a guy gets his gut sucked out through his asshole in a pool filter. That still <laughs> makes me mad. It's so good. Oh These movies are garbage. But like I said, you pop one of these out every other year, I'm there. Absolutely. See, I finally watched American Werewolf in London, which I hadn't seen for some reason. Wow. Oh, what'd you think? Hey, it turns out it's pretty good. Yep. Mm-hmm. This might surprise you, but it's a pretty good movie. <laughs> my dad likes that movie, so. Another thing you have in common with my dad. Oh, there you go. Me and your dad, we we should talk. Yeah, you guys got have talk. a lot of views on movies and werewolves and Illegals. Hispanics. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are from Texas. 
You know what? He's probably I can't jealous. help it. He is. <laughs> I could tell him I live next to Alex Jones and he'd believe me. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know who Alex Jones is. That's the weirdest I... thing. Oh, wow. What? Yeah. Can I be the one to show your dad Alex Jones? <laughs> uh, once the, one, one day my dad's gonna learn the term soy boy. Oh my god. He won't put soy sauce on his rice and he'll just live in misery eating his white rice. <laughs> just sit there eating unflavored bland rice talking about goyams. It's gonna fucking own. I'm gonna Parker, make your dad what else right. have you watched? I wanna make your dad alright. <laughs> so I watched a movie called Event Horizon, which I've been told oh. for like... Uh, 15 years I need to watch, and it was okay. Didn't what? really do anything for me. I gotta I say, mean, I'm not were, really a fan. There were can, good it, scenes, but man. Can you, can you give it, like, one sentence of summary? Because I I know the name, and I very, very vaguely know the, like, VHS cover, but aside from that, I don't really know anything about it. Well, Paul Anderson made Mortal Kombat, and he was like, hey guys, I'm gonna make something dark and violent now. Oh. And everyone taunts it, was like, it's like Hellraiser in space. There's like two minutes of Hellraiser-esque things in the movie. Didn't they do that? Oh, buddy. Did they ever. <laughs> Soon as I get a fucking plane ticket out there, you're all going to learn about Hellraiser in space. Fantastic. Awesome. This is exactly what I was hoping for. I'm down. I'm down for that. Oh, look at that. Majority wins. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. That's not, That sounds like something that a gummy bear would enhance. I mean... It does have Adam Scott in a period piece wig talking in an English accent about the lament configuration. Now that's what I call filmmaking. It, it slaps. It's real good. And still, by the way, like that's easily better than the five sequels that follow it. Hellraiser's real good. We'll get to it someday, friend. Yeah. As for Event Horizon, I kind of thought it was sort of bland. Yeah, like that whole like middle act just lost complete interest. There was a couple of us in there when it was on, and it filtered out pretty quickly during the middle of it. I'm like, oh, okay, I know what this movie is. Yeah, that's about what I expected. It is fine. Sort of like the middle of like Deep Blue Sea. It's the only one I can think of. Deep like Blue Sea is whole... a masterpiece, actually. <laughs> it's yeah, that's true. That and Lake Placid were the ones that I watched on my like eleventh birthday. That checks out. That's a pretty solid birthday. Yeah. yeah. So as you saw on my Twitter, Chris, I bought a lot of 90s horror movies. A lot of spooky supernatural things. Indeed. I only watched a couple. This one's not from the 90s, however. I watched a movie called 1408, and it was oh, surprisingly that the, good. I oh. had, like, rock-bottom expectations. John that's, Cusack, huh? Yeah, yeah, hey. yeah, the John Cusack one. It is yeah. surprisingly very good. But by Stephen King, right? You should not watch the theatrical ending, because it's oh. absolute balls. Oh, no. Like, as soon as it ended, I was like, that doesn't seem right. You go to Wikipedia, and sure enough, yeah, test audiences thought it was too dark, so they changed it. Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> like, like the entire I Am Legend. Like, the entire movie is better than you expect, and you get to the end, you're like, no... No, no, no. I'm very much against focus testing. I mean, spoilers, but you shouldn't be able to live through this movie. That's not how this works. You don't get to go on this journey and then go, and then they rescued me and everything was okay, and then I'm with my ex-wife again and we're cool now. No, sorry. for everyone. Yeah, everyone's okay. And then the last movie I'll talk about, 
my dear friend Alex. Mm. He told me a couple weeks ago to watch Wreck. Oh, buddy! And I did. Yeah! And boy, did it ruin me. That, like, entire last 20 minutes is a fucking nightmare. It's so good. I was sitting, the first time I watched it, I was sitting in front of a window, and they're like going up the stairs, and shit keeps happening, and I keep screaming, and then immediately turning around and looking through the window and going, oh my god, is there somebody behind me, and then turning back and doing the same thing over and over and over again until they reach the attic. <laughs> the mark of an effective horror movie is while it's happening, you're going, no, fuck you, fuck, god damn it, no, fuck it, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, god damn it, and then it happens. Yep. That's how you know a movie's working. Yeah, I, we're going to talk about sound mixing with this movie, Haunting. But <laughs> we have oh, a man. lot of sounds to talk about. Regrettably, yes, we are. The sound mixing in Wreck is fucking beautiful. When that when that little girl pukes, awesome. <laughs> so out of nowhere. No, she's just her tonsils. Blah! Blood all over your face. And I've so, noticed what breaks me most is these foreign horror movies, because I can't just zone out, because I have to sit there and read the subtitles. So, exactly. So I'm just locked into the screen, locked in just, ugh, every time. Yeah. I can't hide behind my hands like a little baby. <laughs> I have to actually pay attention. I hate it. I have to, like, be focused for 80 straight minutes. Mm -hmm. This is preposterous. I <laughs> can't play games when you're doing that, you gotta read the subs. Yeah, All right. mild ADD doesn't like that very much. <laughs> so, speaking of subtitles, uh, movies oh, I've watched recently, anime. 1977's, no, <laughs> 1977's The Dragon Lives Again, a.k.a. Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, a.k.a. I can't read that Chinese. Uh, so, 1977, <laughs> cast your minds back, it was four years after Bruce Lee had passed away tragically, and you have to understand, Bruce Lee was a Chinese hero. Everyone loved Bruce Lee. Hell, he was an American hero as well. Who doesn't love Bruce Lee? Apparently whoever made this movie. Because this movie starts off with Bruce Lee in hell, and he has to... <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so that's the thing, is he has to fight his way out of hell. Along the way, he meets Popeye, James Bond, Clint Eastwood, not the real Clint Eastwood, uh, a French porn well, star named Emmanuel, Popeye, not the real Emmanuel, uh, <laughs> a character face. simply called The Godfather, a character simply called The Exorcist. I'm not sure if he is The Exorcist from the movie, but he is called The Exorcist. Dracula has an army of zombies, there are multiple talking skeletons along the way, and there's kung fu used throughout the movie. This movie is awfully strange. I do not know if there's a movie more disrespectful to Bruce Lee's legacy, but of all the Bruce Bloitation movies, and there were a lot of them that came out after he died, they were kind of like, boy, we can get this guy who looks just like him, because all Chinese look the same or whatever. Uh, no, not quite. In fact, actually, this movie, they finally do something where they're like, hey, that doesn't actually look like Bruce Lee. And so it said, oh, when you die and go to hell, your face and your voice change. <laughs> they were actually doing this. Also, lots of titties in this movie, so. Almost how, how a thumbs up. How many awards did it win? All I, of them? Just say all of them. No, it only true. won the prestigious Chris Field Award for Best Bruce Bloitation Movie. Now, I did say that this movie was very disrespectful to his legacy, and indeed it is. This movie outright states that Bruce Lee did a whole lot of fucking. There's a lot of dick jokes with his, you know, members. Nice. But throughout the movie, they, they keep claiming that he cheated on his wife Linda a lot. Uh, as a Bruce Lee scholar, there's no evidence to, to support this claim. I don't know why they're doing this all of a sudden, but I think they were trying to do it to be like, oh, this is why he likes to fuck women or whatever. This movie is wild. And uh, actually kind of solid. You, you kind of have to see it to believe it. Most ambitious crossover since Avengers Infinity War. 
Next up, I watched an Italian movie named Paisan, uh, which is Italian for friend. It's a war movie about World War II. It's uh, kind of like one of those like a whole bunch of little stories to make up a bigger story. It's not very good. Uh, then I watched 1946, The Killing, which has uh, a Burt Lancaster in it and Ava Gardner. It's actually pretty good, based on an Ernest Hemingway movie or book, and it's uh, you know black and white, and you guys wouldn't like it. But also, I watched 1947, also Burt Lancaster, Brute Force. This movie is extreme. You've got to see it just for the climax. Holy shit! Like, there's not a whole lot of prison uh, movies that I like a whole lot. I mean, the ones that come to mind that I do like. I mean, like. You gotta love a Green Mile. You gotta love um, uh, what's the one that everyone likes? Came out in '94. Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank? Yeah, Shawshank Redemption. Those are good. And of course, you gotta love Cool Hand Luke. But you know, Brute Force ought to be mentioned alongside with them. That one's really, really good. I also watched the original version of The Haunting to kind of give myself a refresher. So I'll kind of be referring back to that at some point. And finally, I watched 1945 Scarlet Street. This is directed by Fritz Lang. It stars uh, Ernest. What's his? Was it Ernest? I don't remember who it is. Uh, it's a guy from Little Caesar, and he plays an <coughs> incel. And his I'm whole listening. his whole deal is that he's uh, kind of a low wage cleric, and he uh, paints on the side. This movie is a film noir. It would have been a, like one of the screwball comedies if they had cast anyone else in this movie. But as it is, it is uh, kind of a very dark film noir. And he ends up killing a girl and all this stuff. And basically, the moral takeaway that I want you all to understand from this movie is that you cannot trust dames. Girls is trouble. And if you ever get involved with one of them, get out of it as soon as you can because they will always lead you down the path of destruction. Alex, what did you watch? <laughs> Thanks for that. I'm uh, still stuck on this extreme Burt Lancaster movie. <laughs> Dude, you just you glossed over that. I'm completely <laughs> serious. That Burt Lancaster, the climax of it, I'm like, what the fuck? It was so extreme when he went to the bottom of the pool and his, all of his intestines got sucked out of his asshole. No, come on. No, you know, you. Just, I'm telling you, if you watch that, I'm telling you what, you do have a bet coming up and you didn't even watch mine. Look, here's the thing. Don't ask what I watched instead. It's not important. I made a mistake, and I was going to wake up early to watch it today, and then we realized, oops, we have to record this early instead. So here we are. You should be ashamed of yourself. I totally wasn't at a friend's house so he could show me his new 4K TV. We didn't watch The Last Jedi. Again, it's fine. We don't need to talk about Star Wars. No, not at all. Star Wars is actually bit. good. But that's not important. Let's talk about the extremity. <laughs> Burt Lancaster. What's wrong Fucking with Burt Lancaster? Sesame Street head-ass motherfucker. Fucking, it's... Look. That movie is intense. Not since Martyrs in a Serbian film have you felt the raw intensity. Shut up. <laughs> I like the scene where he took movies. his best dame out to the roller coaster <laughs> to get a premonition <laughs> of not falling apart. Was he cover handing the whole time? <laughs> no, that was the guy from Little Caesar. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he's the incel. He uses a twenty-one foot rule with all women. He's also he's also one of those nice guy gentlemen <laughs> who always finishes last. <laughs> Uh, I watched. Incel jokes aren't funny anymore. Now that they've murdered a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's now now we're now we're making fun of terrorists. Um but don't tell Sienna that. I watched anime, you guys. Oh, very on brand. Mm-hmm. Well, no. Parker, you watched it too. Be honest. It I was watched great. You watched a Gretzko and it was great. Six episodes, I think, before I fell asleep. Six? <laughs> I was a tired Man. old boy. The ending is well, the ending is pretty great. Um, Look, she was not going to pause it for me. No, she so was she, all she in. Alright, good. Yes, I'm, she, glad that, I'm glad that she, she finished it. She finished it immediately. For the uninitiated, a, Gretz, a Gretzko or a Gretzuko, whatever, is a, uh, a Netflix original uh, 15 minute per episode anime series starring a bunch of Senryo characters, so like the, the Hello Kitty type. And it's about this, uh, they're all office drones, and it's about this little red panda girl who is, like, super office drony, and everybody dumps on her all the time. And then, uh, afterwards, she goes to karaoke and sings death metal, and it's awesome. It's super fun, and every episode is 15 minutes, and it's really easy to just, like, sit and, and eat a sandwich and watch an episode and be like, aw, and then go about your day. Um, except for me, I watched every single episode of sitting. Uh, and then, um, halfway through, I decided to switch to English, so I turned the subs off and put the dubs on, and it turns out, they're both great. <laughs> they're both totally worth it. Um, and then I watched, uh, another animes, another one, uh, that had, like, 23 episodes, which was not conducive to single, to single sitting watching, called The Disastrous Life of Psyche K, and it's a, it's, it's a meta anime, a meta anime, you guys, um, wherein he describes how he has, like, super everything powers, and he basically created anime. He made anime as it was. Uh, with the with the weirdly colored hair and the recovering quickly from devastating injuries and the like random ridiculous nosebleeds and um, shit like that. It was it was okay. It was nice to have in the, on in the background while I played Stardew Valley like a whole bunch. Um, and then Chris and I watched Better Off Dead, which, as it yes. turns out, is a pretty good movie. Now, it's which actually... anime is this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, a John Cusack anime, can you believe it? Ooh. I had to I had to work really hard to convince her. I was like, please, 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 let's watch this old movie from the 80s that it's kind of like a cult movie that I, I really like. Yeah, uh, oh my god, it's so hard. It's not like I want I want to watch Heathers with you or anything. Uh, um, oh it did remind god, me... You should watch Heathers together. Yeah, I know, right? And it then watch the new show and get real mad. No, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, you are. Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> is it is it is it easy for me to watch? Because if it's not, like, if I have to go download it or something, like, I'm not gonna do it. I'll um, I'll take care of it, friend. I'll take the extra steps to ruin so, it. We uh, have ways. <laughs> wait, hold on. Disgraced foot fetishist child star Dan Schneider is in this movie. <laughs> he's one of the best parts of the movie. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the better parts of the movie, which isn't really like that's that's actually kind of unfair because the movie itself is pretty good. The movie has um, a lot of really good parts. Yeah, John Cusack gets to be crazy, and I mean like um, legitimately like, dude, you got some mental health issues, crazy, which is fun. Like he is. Uh, and um, I like the rather cartoonish way they treat his family. Like his mother um, basically just feeds them Play-Doh all the time. Or that like was based on the director's uh, mother, yeah. Yeah, that's it's that was pretty fun. Um, and the whole skiing thing was kind of ridiculous. And uh, Booger from uh, Revenge of the Nerds is in it, and he's pretty great. He huffs he snow because he huffs literal snow 
And I'm like, wow, I have never identified with a character so deeply. Um, and the bit where he, the bit where he laughs at a bully's joke over and over again, and then seeks seeks out the bully to further laugh at a joke that he told half an hour ago, is something I really wish that I had done as a bullied teen in high school, because it probably would have encouraged them to leave me alone, and it would have made my life better. By the way, uh, that's my dad's favorite part of the movie, so you guys yeah. are just going to meet my dad together. He, you'll, okay. He'll like you guys more than he likes me. Yeah. So hear yeah. my accent and just hug me. It's like finally. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. All in all, pretty good. Like like um, B minus film. I'm gonna say B minus. It's pretty good. I and I I, but I am kind of biased because I do like movies from that era like a whole lot. There's a, there's a, like one scene in there that's like it's bad enough that it drags it down that it can never be an A for me. Which which one? It's the claymation scene. Oh, that's not that bad! I, I just, to me, I really dislike it. Uh, it just comes out of nowhere. Like, even then, at that point, John Cusack's acting is a little too, like, psychotic even for me. It's, it's just, no. I don't know, I kind of drag the movie down. No, that I, one, I, this one is on I the list. Uh, I, I next time, the, uh, the, the rap, not the rap, it's the, um, the Sixers are probably going to lose to the Celtics tonight, which means I'll have another that one over Parker, so it'll be somewhere on the list for him. Alright, <clears throat> let's move on to... 1999's The Haunting. So, we've got... <laughs> Garbage. Now, this movie scared me so bad as a kid. I now know. I just hate myself. I, as I mean, well more than usual. Because so this movie sucks. This movie. I know. Now, um, I will say, even as a kid, that ending is was real bad. But leading up to it... I got real spooked. What was the what was the spookiest part for you? Um, I vividly was it remember. Owen Wilson's decapitation. Uh, it was Owen yeah, Wilson gasping for forty five uninterrupted <laughs> seconds. <laughs> oh god, you get I mean, you get sick up on me. As a relatively god, sheltered god. young kid, oh god, who I just, was scared of everything. Oh, you're almost there. I just god, god. Yeah. wow. The, the, the whole scene with the, the bed and everything, like, falling from the ceiling, it scared the crap out of me as a kid, and then I was watching it, and I was, and I was just listening to her scream like the dude from Troll 2, and I was just like, this is, this is garbage. Uh, <laughs> as a child who did not get to have a TV in his room, who had to sleep in the dark every night, the idea of hearing a little child's voice whisper my name, you can fucking keep it. I'm jumping out that window. A point about that is Uh, that everything else in the house seems to scare Lily Taylor, but no, not that... We'll call her now. Uh, everything else, name. like can the, the just, kids' uh, voices. Can we just voices? call her modern Jamie Lee Curtis because that's who she is? That's 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 pretty close. I, I'm going to call her Nell because I hate the word Nell and I hate the character Nell and I hate this movie that has a person named Nell in it. But so you're keep saying yeah. Nell, which is awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Nell uh, keeps hearing the. <laughs> Wait, was it Nell the name of the girl who had to be saved by Dudley Do Right? No. <laughs> That's a reference for you and you alone. My yeah. <laughs> like 1930s cartoons. Wait, anyway. wasn't that a Brendan Fraser movie? Yeah, it's indeed it was. The next up on the slate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the, like she That's hears the voices funny. of little, little kids, right? Those don't scare her. She like she leans over on her pillow and sees a pillow talk to her. That's just what we call pillow talk, baby. And that doesn't scare her. 
Nope. Then she's like, oh, that's whatever. That's just delightful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god, the babies. I have to stay here. I have to, I have to help the children. I, this is my home now. Ugh, that's fucking stupid. Fucking kidding. The, the bit, the bit in the, um, the bit in the merry-go-round room where, where her reflection, like, suddenly gets pregnant as, as Ooh. someone with a, with a growing fear, haha, with a growing fear of tokophobia, or growing fear of, a, yeah, a that, growing Is that another anime? No. Uh, <laughs> that, that scared the ever-loving shit out of me as a kid. Oh my god. Ooh, do not play Silent Hill 3. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm probably not going to. Speaking yeah. of the merry-go-round I... room, that room first shows up like, wow, that's a really cool set piece. Can't wait to see how they use it later when the haunting starts. Oh. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> fucking wasted this awesome now, set. Now, we will, we will get to house. the various rooms in here. First, I want to talk about the original, oh, just very briefly. This is not yeah. going to be uh, the focus. I watched the original last night just because I was like, man, I wonder how much they copied from the original uh, they copied a, only a few things. There was it only one thing out. that I made fun of in the new version that they actually did in the original. Uh, the original, I would call it a very good movie, and hey, you gotta love Robert Wise, and I just prefer it in every single way to this remake. Uh, but as to whether it is called a remake, legally, it cannot be so. See, Yandabon had just got off making uh, Speed 2 Cruise Control, the boat one, and was like, yeah, here I am on top of the world, just directed another great movie, so I want to direct whatever I want. You know what? Everyone loves The Haunting. I would like to remake it. And the studio said, okay, go ahead. Turns out they did not have the rights to it. Legally, he couldn't recreate any shots of it. So on paper, what it had to do was it had to say, this is another adaptation of the book. But overall, <laughs> it's like, if you want to call it a remake, I think you're well within your right because there's a lot of uh, dialogue scenes that they'll reuse from the original movie. And there, I mean, I mean, sure, some of it was probably in the book originally, but there's a whole lot in here that they're reusing. It's just that there are no shots recreated. And that's a real shame because part of the cinematography was the best part of the movie in the original one. And here, a cinematographer's movie, 1999, The Haunting, but it doesn't really look good, does it? No, like they have this awesome set and they're like, all right, let's just put a Dutch angle right here. Let's just throw it here for shits and giggles. Isn't that foreboding? But wouldn't a cinematographer know about special effects? Indeed, no. <laughs> no. This movie is proof of it. We will get to that in a bit. Now, the original was a character study, and that's the reason that it worked. It was even better than a horror because it studied the character of no. Now, in this, we're going to have to talk about the characters before we move any further. So let's start off with no. I'm going to keep doing that. I love that. that uh, she is annoying as fuck, right? Mm. I just you, know, you guys have these interesting lives, but nothing interesting's ever happened to me. Also, I love this house, and I have to protect these babies. That's my character. Yep. So her mother died, and it's like I, I'm getting. I realize I'm kind of sick of that in movies, aren't I? Uh, anyway, she decides she'll just leave uh, her house with. I, is that her sister or someone else? Yeah, I think I think it was her sister. I mean, I mean, her family was essentially saying, well. You can, like, live here as long as you take care of our shithead son. And, oh, you can have her old AMC pacer, but we'll subtract the worth of the car from the, um, from whatever will was left over. The actual also, worst car ever made. What the fuck? No. What the fuck yeah. is up with her 
the Yugo would like to uh, have a word with you. Anyway, Second what the words. fuck was up with her mom, who, like, was dying, and she was taking care of her when, when she was covered in piss and shit all the time, and then, like, and then like her mom dies, and she's not in the will at all. Like, what the fuck? I just imagine I... she's the mom from Throw Mama from the Train, just oh, fucking no. screaming at her for 11 years. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's, she's like the grandfather from the first bit of a uh, creep show. <laughs> Eleanor, you bitch! <laughs> Where's my I want cake? my cake. <laughs> also, one thing that's like right off the bat wrong. So you're adapting this from a book from the fifties, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I don't have the house. What am I supposed to do?" It's it's 1999. Like, just go to a grocery store. Just like, just get a job. It's fine. Yeah, it's not the fifties where you're like, well. Guess I'm cooking cleaning forever. <laughs> oh, jeez. I guess I'm your living maid now. Well, uh, one thing I want to say about the very first scene here that I hate more than almost anything I've ever hated before. <laughs> that little kid, in his delivery, he's banging that crutch against the wall and going, Eleanor, help me. I have to pee. Ha ha. It's like, how in the world did this kid get the part? Who? Which producer is he the spawn of? This kid can't act. This kid can't do anything. Ha 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 ha. He's, I'm just going to put in like the seconds. fucking Final Fantasy X laughter there. <laughs> Thank what you. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to the... No, you tell me what. Let's, let's hold off on her for a bit. Let's move on to <laughs> Liam Neeson. So Liam Neeson uh, is having a rough time in 1999. He's making this movie and also the cinematic masterpiece, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. I, had, I was shocked to find out that that was the same year. Yeah. Like, absolutely shocked. That'll make you want to quit acting real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. So Qui-Gon Jinn is doing a, a fear study and... In the opening scene, if you remember, the guy he's talking to says, no one says these aren't provocative questions. Not once during that scene does he ask a provocative question. And then the scene just ends. He's just, uh, yeah, come on, you can't be serious. Then it just fades. It's like, oh, I guess he won the argument. It was like, what was his argument? Just, come on! This doesn't make sense. So anyway, it's the studies happening when we're going to the house. We have to do it in this mansion. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, why don't we do this in this literal haunted house created by this billionaire who probably fucked kids? <laughs> why not? Yeah. Now, for I mean, the, that's the whole science of why not, fear. So. Now, Alex, I forgot. What is the name of Liam Neeson's character in this movie? Why are you asking me? Oh, because I thought that you would recognize the name Dr. Moreau. <laughs> you have got to be shitting me. Really? Yep. Oh yeah. My God. You could fucking keep it. <laughs> How does this happen? He's like his little midget buddy. Remember that guy? With the claws. Oh my god! Imagine if Val Kilmer showed up and killed him midway through the movie. <laughs> Val Kilmer's head is the flu that takes off Owen Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't need man. any CGI either. Kind of bless that fucking watermelon-headed beautiful man. Now, poor Liam Neeson is sleepwalking his way through this movie. Like, every single oh word that he says just sounds so tired. Just like, <laughs> no, I can tell you all have insomnia. I mean, that's true that pretty much, that's true pretty much everything that he did after a certain point. I think after Rob Roy. <laughs> I, I know, all I know is he was very lively in Darkman, which I'm going to make y'all watch at some point. Yeah, at some point. Uh, but 
like he's really bad in this and it just reminds me of the original the original doctor was not great but i would say still better than this and and a lot more subtle was the problem poor direction and scripting or was it like legitimately liam neeson being bad i think it's about a 75 25 here with most of it being on the writing the writing is just really really poor but also i gotta put something on here for uh liam neeson just straight up not caring like, you can tell, he's oh, yeah. like, eh, whatever. The guy who made Speed 2 hands you the script, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, one of the big problems here is you look at the original. The original, he says, okay, we're going to go here to study ghosts, and it's going to be really interesting, right? That already, hey, there's your movie. I'm I, I'm here. I'm invested. I want to see it. Here he's like, oh, mm-hmm. it's actually a sleep study. Oh, no, it's actually a fear study. Well, now we're exploring ghosts. It's a I sleep know study. It's the haunting. In a haunted mansion. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, hey, I do not like this well, of insomnia. So here's the thing: uh, they lock the gate. They refuse to stay here after dark. Everything's pretty okay. We're just gonna hang out. I think my Don't favorite thing that he does is he locks them. Uh, he gets them in the room, right? And he tells them all the story about how all those kids died, and people can still hear the screams of children. And they just walks away. And I was like, well, good luck with the insomnia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every a lot a lot of this movie is just people delivering lines. And then walking away afterward, like what they said doesn't matter. And we're also just walking in. Yeah, so it turned out his wife died. All right, well, bye, scene. You two talk about this now. Let's talk about Owen Wilson now. First of all, that <laughs> shot of him in his jammies talking about the power of sleep and walking around <laughs> with fucking... his baseball and baseball glove like he's eight years old. <laughs> he's, he's wearing dinosaur pajama pants and a fucking yellow Charlie Brown shirt. <laughs> he's so cool in this movie. He, he he always has like a button on the end of the scene, right? Just a little, oh, don't take it so seriously. I'm Owen Wilson. Wow. wow. You know, just, I did not remember... How many zingers are in this movie? I okay. God Almighty! In exactly defense, how many? Uh, so I, many. There was one that he said that I actually really liked. Uh, when he he walks into their room after uh, one of their oh. big door scenes, like the banging and everything like that, he walks in and he's like, oh, "I don't see anything." There's like a beat, and then he says, "Wow, I kind of got screwed on the whole room selection size. Every room was like four times as big as mine." That cracks me up every single time I hear it. And I'd like to think it was improvised, because that's way too good for Jan de Bond. But, I mean, there's another one. It's like, he's trying to be funny, where it's like, they, they see the writing on the wall that says, Welcome Home, Eleanor. Which, as soon as I see Welcome Home, I just do the King Diamond song. <laughs> <laughs> Let me help you out of your chair, Grandma. Come on. <laughs> but then he's like, well, how did I write it? With a 20-foot ladder in my pocket? And then it just, the see, just phase. He's like... I didn't do it. It's like, thank you, Owen Wilson. He does it later on during like one of the climaxes where uh, Liam Neeson is slipping on that spiral staircase. He says, the staircase is going to collapse under your weight. It's like, we know you don't have <laughs> to tell it's, us. It's funny because he says that after the staircase has halfway collapsed already. <laughs> like, thank you for your observation. He's looking uh, up the chimney saying, hello, Santa. <laughs> yeah. So Owen Wilson is actually the best part of this movie. But, that being said, it's not a very good part. So, already, this movie's got several strikes <laughs> against it. Let's move on to... Oh, shit. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yes. Hey. Parker, speaking as someone who watches some Alfred Hitchcock movies, I tried to pick up on the subtlety here. Oh, yeah. If a, <laughs> a dedicated viewer, after, I'd say, Alex, back me up here, like six or seven mm-hmm. viewings, might be able to pick up on the fact that her character in this movie is bisexual. Would you agree? 
You know, I'm not much of a film scholar myself, but uh, <laughs> I've done a lot of digging internally and externally. And uh, dude, she might fuck girls, and that's pretty fucking hot, dude. Yeah, that, this movie dude, is not afraid yeah. to go for yeah, it. I mean, this is a high fiver. So already, this movie goes up like <laughs> six or seven stars. Yeah, she, or not, nudging elbows. We're high five. Like, oh, I know what up. that's all about. Yeah, yeah, I she's, do have sex with girls. Not, allegedly, guys, it's the '90s. She's not bisexual. There's no such thing. She's a straight lesbian. That's how this works. Straight well, lesbians that's... represent. She talks about her boyfriend though. Straight lesbians. Oh, straight lesbian. Oh, I thought you meant like, you yeah, man, just straight lesbian. How do you like your lesbian? Straight up, bro. <laughs> straight up on the plate with a side of toast. Uh, yeah. Was it something about the way that the 90s wrote gay characters? Because they always seem yes. so blatant. So you think about, like, Big Gay Al in South Park, or, like, that guy from... I Red do Race, a lot. Or it's that skit from, uh, uh what, what was it called? Uh, the, uh, the Wayans Brothers did that? In Living Color. Oh, Jim Carrey standing in line. Yes. I'm gay. Just, oh, no, we're not, Sorry, I was thinking of, um, I was thinking of the one with, uh, Damon Wayans and, uh, uh David Allen Greer. Oh, the men not get one. two snaps I in a circle. I love that, by the way. That's hysterical. <laughs> Did you see the su- the Super Bowl thing? That, oh like, yeah, that but because Bob's greasy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to be talking about dick butt kiss today. Yeah, it it insulted. Who did it? Ins- it, it insulted Everybody somebody, and they were like so offended that they had to like cut it, and it wasn't used. I think it which is really unfortunate because it was hilarious. Don't remember, but yeah, that oh man, that's a rabbit hole to go down. Whenever I'm bored at work. I love I love those because that's what I I loved um skit I love skits where you you cannot the the one of the actors cannot remain straight they 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 constantly break that's Hell, not what same. I meant but yeah they, they they constantly break down and they can't keep going with the scene and there's one actor that is just completely stone faced and in character and will not break for anything David Allen Greer cannot keep a straight face and Damon Wayans is just like I'm here I'm doing this I'm gay as fuck and it's wonderful it's fucking brilliant. Now, the thing about Catherine Zeta-Jones is you compare her to the original character. The original character was far more subtle in the fact that she was maybe, possibly a lesbian. You couldn't quite tell, but you always had it kind of in the back of your mind, like, oh, maybe. And it made the scene a little bit more uncomfortable because that was the only person that uh, now could uh, kind of hang out with. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> you uh, have a book from the 50s where it's like, Maybe she's a bit promiscuous, but it's 1999. Yeah, I eat out girls' fucking vaginas, dude. That's fucking sick. Uh, and, hobbies and she, include and... munching carpet, trimming, <laughs> and also painting. Hell yeah, I have a boyfriend, but also I eat box. Let's talk to ghosts, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and also, like everything she wears is is like skin tight, even when she's going to sleep. Yeah, but there was one outfit she was wearing that was the most plunging cleavage I've ever seen in my yeah. life. It's like, why even wear that to bed? Cause... Why not just go to bed nude? Yeah, her... there's not there's not a whole lot for her to show off. But then she wear then towards the end, like for the last like th- for the third act, she wears that skirt. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah. damn. Yeah, that's the first uh, scene no. she's on screen. There's like a close up of her tits, and, and Eleanor has to look away like, ah, oh, jeez, yeah. oh no. They're and tempting then, and me then, again. And then she like, she's like, I'm gonna go get you some tea. And then she turns around, and it's just like perfect pear-shaped ass crack. Like it's fucking beautiful. And, and they I'm almost like, never show it to you a... after that. It really bothered yeah. me. I was like, I want to see more of that. Why are we getting that? a close-up of that? Yeah, exactly. But it's like we, we have to get to the... 
<laughs> the haunted yeah. ghost baby faces. Yeah. <laughs> oh my it, god! It's its own character. I think <laughs> that's where they were turning all the haunted ghost like knobs and stuff. They just like turn and follow her ass. <laughs> it's literally the meme of the guy walking with his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. It's a ghost baby. As <laughs> <laughs> uh, a Photoshop, I'm not going to do. So they get to the house and they're like exploring and they're looking through and they find that carousel room, which is the hold dumbest up, hold fucking up. thing. What? Chris, you, you missed something very important. Did I? Yeah. Disagree. We No, we need to talk <laughs> We need to talk about the housekeeper. Oh, you know what? <laughs> we I'll need to what, talk about the housekeeper. Yeah, we have to do that. First, they meet yep. Mr. Dudley, the housekeeper, who says he's Mr. Dudley, the housekeeper. And after meeting Mr. Dudley, the housekeeper, they meet Mrs. Dudley. Who, Not the house. Why did they have Bruce Stern for one scene just to go, all right, bye, movie. This yeah. house is spooky. See so yeah. you, uh, you need you need to understand. It's really, really like it's it's very um it's oh what's the word? It's very uh subtle. So you need to understand, correct. like they had to they had to kind of point it out that she leaves at Alex, nine o'clock. Alex, 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 if then, I could. Can what? I read this verbatim from IMDB? Oh, all right. Yeah, because uh, I I wanna I wanna get the exact words here. All now, right. as a little uh, back me up on this, they did do this in the original movie. That doesn't make it okay because this is the <laughs> dumbest fucking like exchange I have ever heard in my life. <clears throat> I set dinner on the dining room sideboard at six. Breakfast is ready at nine. I don't stay after dinner, not after it begins to get dark. We live in town, nine miles, so there won't be anyone around if you need help. No one could hear you if you needed help. No one lives any nearer than town in the night, in the dark. <laughs> they do this twice. They do it twice. And Nell at some point does make fun of her by like repeating her or saying what she is going to say. But it's like, you know what? You need to do this either one time or three times. Doing it mm -hmm. twice is really, really stupid. And doing it with this, like, her face is saved the entire way is so dumb. Now, again, they do this in the original. And it is kind of hokey when they do it in the original. But she makes the creepiest fucking smile after she says it the first time. And that makes the scene work. In this, it's like, okay, we get it. It's night. It's dark. You're nine miles away. No one can hear you if we need help. It's a warning. Can I watch my horror movie? It works in the book because literally every time she appears, which she appears, let's say like five or six times, she just keeps repeating the same, like they'll interrupt her. She'll continue like, so lunch is at two and then I leave and then I'll come back. Like it happens over and over and over again, not twice with zero payoff because she never shows up till the very end. <laughs> But uh, we'll talk about things that are adapted poorly in this movie. <laughs> yeah, we'll we could fucking be here for a get there. Yeah. Just, uh, to, just as long as we're all aware that, this, that all of this happens after she leaves, after the sun goes it's down. Very in important. The dark, at night. At night. Yeah, because she's nine miles away. When she's away. nine miles away. And no town, one's near, any nearer. And the town, is, the town is the closest thing to them. So if, if they needed honest, help. I feel safer without her in the house. I'll take my chance with the fucking ghost pedophile. Oh, this you feel lady, safer with her in the real. house, Parker? Can we talk about the fucking stupid, not even a jump scare, where they open the door and she's holding the knife up like that? <laughs> what the what kind of shit-ass fake-out is this? Are you fucking trying right now? The director of Speed 2 Cruise Control trying to... No, forget it. So they go to the magical, whimsical, circling carousel room like it's fucking Super Mario 64 over here. And they're just like holding hands and swinging around like it's the dumbest movie I've ever seen in my life. And then they find another wait, room wait, we, we, we need to hallway. We need to make sure everybody knows that there's exactly one, one door for that circular room. There is exactly one single door. There are no other doors. Just the one. 
That nah, probably won't come back later. Yeah, it's not important. So it they go matter. to either a room or a hallway. Who cares? That I, you know, I forgot about this the first time I saw the movie. Parker, I really hope you picked up on this because Alex and I the entire time were just like we just took off our hats because they're like that's it. That's the weirdest thing I think I've ever seen, and they only address it one more time. I think if you even call it addressing it, it's a hallway full of water. And you yeah. <laughs> have to walk across the books in order to get to the other side. Parker, is this a level from Rayman or something? <laughs> the most Crash and Bandicoot ass thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and then it's never spoken of again. No, it, just, it shows up. It, it shows show up exactly up. twice. Yeah, it but it's exactly not even twice. spoken. They should be talking. It's like, hey, they, you should like fumigate that or like get it like drained or something like that. Like, it's what connected is this? to two rooms, neither of which have water in them. And it's Why never you step on the books across the water room? Oh, because you'll drown. You have to press X to restart your life. Like, come on! <laughs> like, they it, don't even say anything. They just start hopping on. They're like, ha ha, we're having so no, much no, no. fun. They actually, the they actually do. They look at each other, and as they're hopping across, they go, books? And then they just, yes. and that's it. That's oh, sorry. What How could characters. I miss that? Books? <laughs> Question How mark? Kyle Gass smiles in his bed. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the this yeah they're a little too upbeat in there. Speaking of upbeat, I'd like to take a moment to talk about the score. The score here <laughs> is really really poor. Now this is a horror movie, and a horror movie is typically supposed to scare you. And often horror movies will have like a score that kind of aids you along. This movie does quite the opposite. It tries to make it so that it's like whimsical when she's falling in love with a house and the ghost and everything like that. She does the same thing in the original, but when she does, it's creepy. It shows that she's losing her sense of self and that she's really succumbing to the sense of belonging that she's never had before. And this, she's just like, oh, the cute ghost babies. It's my destiny. Oh, wow. These babies look fucking terrifying. I think they're cute. All right. Well, that's all the development we need. On yeah. The next scene. This, this story right, is so stupid. Stupid in this. It's so damn stupid. It almost makes you wonder why bother adapting it if all you're keeping are the names and the term Hill House. <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything. Which at one point I'm pretty sure Liam Neeson uh, calls it Hell House, but that might just be his accent. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, this was my first experience with you know this book. So imagine my surprise reading it, and going, "Huh, she just drove into a tree in the last page, huh?" Well, that's well, not what I remember from my childhood. <laughs> You know, it's like, all right, so when does she find out she's really. like related to everyone? Oh, no, oh no, she just goes crazy and they're like, "You gotta fucking leave, lady." <laughs> Which Did I you like go? You're kind of harsh on our buzz. Everyone just like has an intervention, like, "You need to fucking get out of here. You need to go back to your terrible life. You can't be in this house." <laughs> we were having a good time, and then you showed up. <laughs> we we're talking about dating girls, dating guys, hanging out, just slinging dick, slinging everything, and you're just like, "I want to be part of the babies." Like, All right, well, I guess so. so Look at this uh, giant door with demons on it. This won't be important later. The judgment door. God, the almighty. fucking judgment. Oh yeah. Oh, thank you. I I forgot to write this down on my nails, and this is kind of important. So they happen upon a painting, and <laughs> Nell explains this to Catherine Zeta Jones, who is a painter, 
and would know this sort <laughs> and of thing. And a lesbian. And, and yes, also straight. Most importantly. Um, yeah, it likes and to fuck boys and girls. Uh, she explains, no, this is purgatory. And she's like, oh, how do you know that? Oh, I was there for 11 years. And she says it with the most natural face and just keeps it. And we're like, what? What, is, what does that mean? It's like, come on. And she's like, oh, it's between when you're between heaven and hell. I know what that is. Don't yeah, I know what purgatory is. What do you mean 11 years? Do I? I don't know your mother. Can you tell? Haha, <laughs> my soul's trapped in eternity. So anyways, this next room has a carousel in it. <laughs> now, I'd like to talk about the special effects. Uh, <laughs> oh man, there's a whole lot of them. Now we know that 1999 was not Dr. a strong Moreau. year for special effects. However, would they give the house its own face? It just say, "Friends, oh, I'm gonna kill you." It looks like a clown face almost, and the fucking like the ghost pillow looks stupid. Uh, like oh, it, it, every single time, like that, uh, the breeze will blow in one of the white curtains. Looks like the beginning of a crocus video, but the one that really <laughs> wow. sticks in my yeah. mind. The one that I will not be able to get out of my head is when it's really cold all of a sudden and they can see their own breath. First of all, the effects are terrible. It doesn't look like uh, they can see their own breath. My favorite thing is you can tell that they did it all in post because fucking Catherine Zeta-Jones and Nell are just like blowing and they're like, oh, let's hold up our hands. Oh, look, we can see it against our hands. It's the dumbest scene I've ever seen in my life. CGI breath has never, ever, ever looked good and it never will. (laughs) It is always it always takes you out of the scene no matter what movie. I think my favorite part of that is um, the first time the first time they do it in the bedroom and they're all just like, <sighs> and Catherine Zeta Jones with this breath still coming out of her face says, "I think it's over," and then she breathes and it's gone. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure she <laughs> That's says, that "Look, point I can in see post. my breath." <laughs> <laughs> Guys, air conditioners are not that expensive. Now, you remember how good that scene was in the original movie? What, you mean every scene compared to this movie? Yeah, well, mm-hmm. that one in particular. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's not like they totally took the who was holding my hand and just threw that away in this movie. Now, that made really no sense, bothers right? me. Who's oh, holding my hand? Someone's holding my hand. Well, ah. You have to show. I'm sorry. Exactly. I'm fine. I'm, original, fine. I'm fine. In the original, it makes sense. They build the scene up. And there's there's tension. You can kind of tell where they're gonna go with it in the original because they never actually show Theo's face in there. But you can go with it, and it makes sense in that point. In this movie, it's all of a sudden. Oh, who was holding my hand? Who was holding my hand? Was well, like, who was holding your hand? You never it's established that anyone was line. holding your hand. You can't it just throw like that it out was there. ADR'd in afterwards. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, you're definitely right. Yeah. Now, speaking of ADR, once again, since I get to be that guy, I get to go in the book. Like, there's a whole haunting <laughs> before good, that, though. the night before, that fucks up Theo's room, so she stays with Nell, and then that haunting happens, and then you know they're getting closer together, they're using each other for comfort, and then it ends with wait, I thought I was holding your hand, why are you on the other side of the room now? It's not just guys, who's holding my hand? All right, next scene. So. There's an ex-wife, but there's a second wife. Isn't that scary? Now, speaking of ADR, the mixing in this movie... Well, Alex, I'll let you go ahead on this. Oh, my God. Please. What? It was it was God-fucking-awful. I couldn't understand what anybody was saying half the time. Like, the, the music was mixed way too loudly. The voices had way too much reverb on them. And what's her, what's her name? Nell's, uh, Nell's voice was just like... <laughs> Ah, ah, the ghost, ah, the baby. The whole fucking time. Like, I, what? 
the ghost voices in particular, see, that's the thing, is you mentioned the reverb when we were watching it, and it seemed bad at that time. I was like, it might be the TV. So I checked it again. I listened with headphones. I got a different version of it. Maybe I had a bad copy. No, all throughout, the reverb is just, it's there and in a really bad way, and it's just this... It's really, it's, it comes down to sound mixing, and someone didn't know what they were doing when they mixed this audio. But you go back, you listen to the original, the sound design's one of the best parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, Are really, you saying that sound is important in creating atmosphere and tension? Well, speaking of someone who's never seen A Quiet Place, I don't know whether I could possibly make a statement on that. What if instead of, like, focusing on the sound and, like, casting an actress, who I'm sure is nice, but her voice is definitely not nails on a chalkboard. Nails on a chalkboard. What if... I hate you. What if instead of that, you just put a CGI face in a sheet 18 times? What if you keep showing the same face of the little children in the knobs and they don't actually move so you can tell that someone just individually carved it and then you realize that a carpenter, which is almost a lost profession, or or at least decorative carpentry, almost a lost profession, got paid money to do this. Okay, guys, so here's what we do. We need to find a way... To convince Eleanor to look into the ledger, what should we do? I got it. A ghost baby will appear in the mirror and point at it and go, "The ledger," and then disappear. Is that is is that what? Like it took me. That was one where it took me a good like ten seconds to figure out what they were talking about. They were just like, and I was like, there were at least three scenes where a ghost came to life and explicitly told her where to look for the next clue. It was like when you're fucking, like when you're stuck in a game and like an on-screen tip comes, yeah. I'm like, hey, maybe try and hit X twice to roll. Like, maybe try evading the attack this time, Eleanor. Oh, one of the dumbest parts of the movie is when she looks through like that scrapbook and she sees that picture of the kid pointing at the fireplace or whatever. Oh my god. And it's like the same picture over and over again. If I had seen the same picture over and over again, like the fuck it, it's, it's like uh, The Shining where she sees the same sentence typed over and over again. That's scary enough. Why would you flip it like it's a fucking Animorphs book? You really need to see Jake turn into a lizard? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you want me back over. This movie's actually good. <laughs> you convinced me. Um... Oh shit! We we had a conversation about Lily Taylor, the um, Nell. Nell. She's been in some shit. Remember, we were gonna tell. Uh, we were gonna uh, tell. She's, else, she's been she in some was, shit, alright. What else she's, was she's she? In the Conjuring. She's in the Conjuring. She's in the Conjuring. She was in Part Leatherface. She is uh, in Leatherface for about five minutes. And yeah, well, look, I'm. I know. She's fine. She is nowhere near the worst part of that movie. No. I've seen but her in other I, movies, I like, and she's never stuck out and made me hate her like this one has. No. I was just, like, kind of surprised that she's actually, like, been in stuff. That's all. Because this is where I know her from, and boy, just <laughs> that screeching high pitch. No. <laughs> no. Like, how does everyone in the house, they're so concerned, like, I've known this lady for two days. She can fucking <laughs> stay here. Whatever. Can I go home? <laughs> this clearly isn't a sleep study. I'm out of here. Uh, now, speaking of, I I don't know whether we've done this yet. Have we done her screams during the climax yet? Let's do it one more time. Ah! 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 Oh my god! <laughs> now, you, you know the term scream queen. It came about with Faye Ray, and you got all these girls who were, you know, all these actresses who are really good screamers. 
this one can oh man she just can't do it just act like you're really scared uh, <laughs> that's all that she can do. I'm I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna admit the greenhouse sequences really got me, but that's just because I'm a giant fucking plant nerd, and every time I see something like that, I'm like, oh my god, the possibilities! But the 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 statue in the fountain was just the most brilliant thing. Oh, the statue is just someone laying there, and then the hand grabs him like it's the water boss from the the water temple in Ocarina of Time. <laughs> yes. And just like tries to drown him, and then blood spews out of its mouth, and he pops back up, and he's like, "Oh, oh, oh what happened? Oh, oh. must have been a push that goes right in the fucking mouth." I swear to God, do shit, bro! Like it's ridiculous. I kind of wish this movie had ended with the house realizing like it had trapped Liam Neeson, and then Liam Neeson just beating the shit out of ghost babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turns out that. Liam Neeson was the was the uh, the guy like, the whole time. <laughs> I'm Hugh Crane. I fucked every one of those kids. Everything oh my babies! Like, see, that's another problem with the sound, with the set. Or it might be just a problem with his accent. The I think whole it is time the I was like, I was like, Ukraine. Where's Hugh? Where's Ukraine? Uh, next to Russia, obviously. <laughs> well, Ukraine, I crane, we all crane for ice cream. Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> now I want to talk about one of the greatest scenes in horror movie history. <laughs> Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Owen Wilson gets pulled along on this rug. Like, oh, we gotta do something. We really gotta like scare the audience. This movie isn't spooky enough. And the movie pulls in CGI Owen Wilson into <laughs> the uh, into the fucking fireplace, and he's sitting there kind of dazed. Then looks up. And the flu, which is shaped like a giant dragon's head, like it's from fucking Mulan or whatever, swings down and BAM! Just completely <laughs> separates his head from his body. Parker, how hard did you clap? I laughed so fucking hard, dude. Yeah. Like, I've seen this movie more times than I care to admit, but every time I laugh so hard, because that's the thing with this movie. If you ask someone, like, hey, did you ever see The Haunting? If the answer is yes, their face lights up and they go, Dude, is that the one where Owen Wilson gets his fucking head knocked off? Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing to talk about. One of the guys it's... that ran the 5K with mentioned it, and I was just like, yeah, the one where Owen Wilson's head gets cut off. He was just like, yeah! It's so fucking it's good. It's really terrible. I mean, the movie, the movie in general is really terrible. Just... But, like, <laughs> if, he, if he had actually, like, remained on the ground, it wouldn't have killed him. It would have cleared right over him, like, just... like by a foot or so. But he stood up. And then the lion thing was like, narn, and just takes his head off. So the funny. giant Val Kilmer head. <laughs> <laughs> that so good. Uh, it's just a really bonkers house, isn't it? Like, I go down one room, and I think I'm going to see Tom Brady eating one of his bizarro shakes or whatever. And I go down <laughs> another room, I think I'm going to see Robin from Batman Forever doing his weird dance with that mop while he's doing his laundry. Doing like, his karate fucking laundry while begging someone to his car. socks all over the floor. His freshly laundered, his freshly laundered clothes, he's just dragging them across the, lawn, the laundry room floor. What the fuck are you doing, guys? Fucking Curse the Cowardly Dog where you just open a door and there's a monster behind it. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Muppet Baby's house sucks. I hate it. I was talking to my dad, actually. I mentioned very briefly Batman Forever. He's like, 
Oh, remember when Robin did that little dance when he's doing his laundry? Dad <laughs> my dad my hasn't favorite. seen that in 25 years or so. And that's the thing that sticks with him. He forgets how old I am, but that sticks with him. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I'll forget oh. most of your names, but I'll never forget his fucking... <laughs> and he's in that broom handle. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred just staring at him like there's a my dryer. word <laughs> just dry I I do I do the lawn there's a dryer what do you I he, see because I was a I was a fucking weirdo with a nasty crush on Jim Carrey um all I remember from that movie is his glittering codpiece just like what what a lot of what I remember from the labyrinth is that um codpiece oh sorry that the codpiece okay mm. so any last thoughts on the haunting? So what did what we missed out on old. from the haunting? Because I know a big one. A big, a big. What's the big one? The big one is her ending speech. If you look at my oh my god, status, it oh is the god. dumbest speech in horror movie history. So she has to face a big CGI monster. And look, I know the original one had a kind of an anticlimactic ending, but for goodness sake, like at, at least when she crashes her car and she briefly sees that woman right before she does it. That kind of scared me because it was really well shot. It's just like, whoa, you just barely see it out of the corner of your eye. That's part of horror. But in this, it's like, no, a big boodly, boodly, boodly CGI monster. That's fucking dumb. It's like, oh, it's about family. It's always been about family. Well, I'm done with you. You go to hell. This giant stupid. fucking oil baron from the 1800s just comes out of a painting. He's like, oh, you're coming with me. I'm Ebenezer Ahab. <laughs> now. <laughs> oh wait, wait. Um hey, y'all remember y'all remember the part where Owen Wilson crashes her car into the gate and then um Chekhov's uh leaking um power steering fluid happens and oh, yeah. it continues to happen as they pry him out of the car and then it continues to happen and then they pry him out of the car successfully and then the car just sits there. After, after watching five Final Destination movies, that was very infuriating. <laughs> Like, all right, here we go, baby. Here we go. Oh, they're just inside. Whatever. And the car's still there. When the <laughs> when the um when the gatekeepers show up the next day, the car's still there. It never blew up. It just sat there and leaked windshield washer fluid Man. the whole time. It's the biggest if the movie I've is. ever seen. It's like in a Fuck James Bond movie. You you if Q shows you a weapon, you use the weapon. The movie has Bruce Dern showing up. He lights a cigarette and they all just explode. <laughs> That's why I said Chekhov's blinker fluid. Um, yeah, it kind of remind kind of reminded me of the birds. That scene, that whole scene, where he. I don't, where I he, don't watch movies before nineteen ninety nine. I'm like, sorry. Where <laughs> you, you just anyway, where he like lights the where where you were still allowed to like light cigarettes at gas stations, and he and he just sort of he just sort of blows up next to the car, and then the whole thing yeah, and then the whole thing blows up. And then um, it just crashes into the gate, and it just sits there, and that's it. Yay! I love satisfying conclusions to my horror movies. <laughs> oh, if that's the case, oh, I would oh, I would this... assume you're going to avoid the others. That's that's what I oh <laughs> wow that's that's um, something that I thought would be really fucking great for this ending because they all congregate around the car that has been leaking fluid all night at the end of the movie 
Catherine Zeta-Jones, Liam Neeson, and the two and the two uh, groundskeepers are all standing around this car as we get this pullback shot, you know, for the huge castle where they only used a third of it for the fucking movie. Um, and the car sh- the car could have blown up there and killed everybody, and that would have been more satisfying than what we got. But no, Eleanor's a part of the house now. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, so that changes everything in a way, because now. Um, the children um, the children are, by the way it might just be because this movie is very boring but i still don't understand the plot like why did he keep taking children and why did he keep them there oh god the part with the ledger where she's flipping through it and she's like 12 years old 12 years old 10 years old and they're just like crossed off and but, i'm like why now the story to me is one of the more uninteresting parts of this movie it's like whenever they started talking about Hugh Crane and his wife and his kids and stuff I really just was like zoning out I was like man this is so dumb and stupid and boring he like wanted to fill he wanted to fill the house with children's laughter but his first wife was barren maybe and then she killed herself and then there was another lady who looked like the same woman he just sort of he just, <laughs> he just sort of stole Miller's children from the town because I guess the town had one Miller who oh, had Oh what? Like, like you've children. never done that. Yeah, like I've never stolen a child before. What? Um <laughs> and then when they wanted to leave, he would kill them, I guess. Okay, the voice seriously. They didn't even like <laughs> explain why these kids are trapped here. There's just goes like help and she's like Huh, there were kids on this ledger. Well, yeah, I guess I belong to the house now and I have to free my babies! Oh no! Oh, oh no, the children are. Like, I've seen this movie a couple times and still to this day I don't understand anything that happened before they got there. Like, why did he build this massive house? Like, is, well, is they... it because he wanted to make the Winchester house but yeah, it was then kind he didn't. Of a, it was a little bit of a Winchester situation that he just wanted to like keep building it. I'm assuming because he ended up acquiring more and more children. Like I think that's why the house got so big. It's because remember... he kept stealing kids because that ledger was it took place over 1 year. It had like 60 pages in it and every single page had like 20 children's names on it. So, so I remember that in the book, like all the rooms are a maze and they have to leave all the doors open behind them to find their way back. And like the doctor has a map of the house and it's the only way they can even find the fucking kitchen to eat. But here it's like, oh, it's big and there's a merry-go-round room. You see these huge shots of the sprawling castle. It's like, we're going to be in three of those rooms. Yeah. This this whole like back end that's just, it, it, could, it could potentially house like... Six more of these people would that would the would the film have been more interesting if he isolated them to different parts of the house and they sort of like ended up meeting each other um, intermittently throughout the. It would have to be intermittently throughout. You can't just have them meet up all at the climax. I don't oh, think yeah, that would no, possibly no, no. work out unless they you really of... plan it out. And evidently, Jan de Bont does not do a lot of planning. Gosh, I've had a crazy weekend. What about you? Oh, that painting just came to life. <laughs> it, I'm gonna jump be, into it, it like a fucking a Mario Kart level. It could have been a thing where they're like wandering around at night and they hear people like knocking on the walls or whatever, and you never know if it's actually the other person or if it's a ghost. See, supernatural horror movies are some of my least favorite. Like, The Conjuring's pretty good, but the millions of clones where it's like, here's 45 minutes of a door slamming shut, a candle going out, 
mm. a picture being slightly askew. They they're washing fucking, their face and they and they stand up and there's somebody in the mirror behind them. Those movies drive me crazy because they're all the same thing. What mm. I like is when you take that concept and it's really like okay, but is it just them? Are they losing their minds? Are they going fucking crazy? <clears throat> like the original. And then the mm. first scene, it's like, all right, so is it going to be like she's going crazy? Oh no, the piano wire just moved yeah, on. So, okay, so the house is haunted. It's great. It's done. Supernatural. Ruined yeah. that ten minutes in. There's no question now. It's supernatural. Great. Those, those guys. No mystery. Important. You remember? You remember his uh, his his special uh, helpers that were gone. I'll take her to the hospital. Like See you never. <laughs> you know what really gets me about that scene with the piano wire cutting her face is that we know as soon as we see it that it is not all in their heads. That it is very obviously, mm-hmm. yes, something is fucked up about this house. Why then do you go to the kitchen and say, oh, maybe it was something in the pipes? You cannot fake us out. You already showed us that there is something supernatural yeah. about the house. You, you can't just fucking do this to us, okay? Awesome. I don't know. It, it just really bothers Because it's a wasted scene. And that's one of the you know pivotal scenes of this story. It, it just shows really incompetent filmmaking. And this from the guy who shot Die Hard. This, this, that one thing is what shows incompetent filmmaking. Okay. No, not I that one thing, obviously. I've kind of recorded more than an hour about how many bad scenes were in here. <laughs> I laugh so hard every time she, she put the glass over. I like, this will stop the blood, and then yeah, the next cut, the, the glass is just full of blood already. <laughs> I laugh every single time. I, this yeah, movie is that... one of those 90s movies where 90s horror is mostly bad. But it's just like a warm blanket. I will probably watch this one again in the next year because it just, it's so snug and cold. God, really? Like, the more I thought about it after I finished the film, the angrier I got. I was no, just sitting no, there like, yeah. like, why did she... So so they, the house called her on the phone to get her to go to the thing. And then, so they knew from the beginning. So who was the person she was taking care of the whole time? But then there's a room in the house that looks exactly like her mother's room. And she talks about how that was her mother's room. So is her mother part of this? Is her mother in the house now? What is going on? Why is she so far away? She, she's like in a different fucking state. And now she's at this house that... that, that that it was just calling to her. Why was it calling to her specifically? What are these other people doing there? How did Owen Wilson end up there? What the fuck? Hey, no. Liam Neeson, why'd you call me? I didn't. Huh? All right, that's never spoken of again. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it just seems okay. to go, you know? When now, I said watch this movie, what I should have said was, it will be on in the background while I'm playing video games. There you go. Well, that's the thing. Is like, I My have mistake. to depart here because I don't know how much replay value this actually has. See, whenever I see it again, I'm just reminded, oh, yeah, that was about as bad as I remember. I've seen it, I think, three times in total. Once... A while ago, I do not remember the... I don't think I was paying attention. Then another time, and then just now. And I will admit, there are certain things that I forgot. I keep forgetting about that room filled with water. What is the deal? Never got an answer. But there, everything else is like... It, some of it just kind of sticks in my craw. Like, obviously, the bisexual part of the thing sticks in my mind. I'm never going to forget Owen Wilson going, Wow, every room's like four times as big as mine. I, I, I don't know. I'll I just never that forget. me up. Just him gasping for air when he gets oh, started. Oh, that is so funny to me. Just, God, it's, yeah, yeah, because my heart It goes on so much okay. longer. I was hey, listening hey to guys. Alex do the sexy hey voice while she said insult. Yeah. Hey, guys. Wow. <laughs> I've we're, never we're heard that sound before. We're going to have our dueling Owen Wilson voices here. <laughs> oh, God. It's just... Like, like this movie is horrendous, but wow. it scared me so bad as a kid. It just... It fits in that snug spot of nostalgia. Like, it's not good, 
But then I'll see things like when they go into the fireplace and she lifts up the little trap door. There's just a skull like, <laughs> and it flies it just at jumps her. out like he's Ahmed the dead terrorist. No. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, hello. Hello, like, this, I am a skeleton. This Can movie is very bad, but it's I have such a soft spot for it. You, you know what's really funny? That was an adult skeleton that popped out of the face. I know. <laughs> Whose skeleton was All that? All these was dead the kids. That fucking skull is as big as her hand. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not afraid anymore. Okay. Fart. All right. Uh, oh, oh. Um. One. One other thing, Parker. While we were watching the sequence where she stand, where she's standing on the other, uh, where she's like threatening to jump on the the wire or whatever, and Liam Neeson is like trying to crawl up it, and he's obviously terrified because the, the <laughs> oh, iron yeah. thing is falling apart underneath him. Yeah. It immediately called to mind that last sequence from uh, Blair Witch Two, Electric Boogaloo, oh, where yeah. um, where they're on top of that catwalk and they're like trying, they're like uh, tying a rope around her neck. That's, like, it reminded me of that, like, so hard. And I was like, this is just what the 90s and early 2000s were about, huh? Just I'm a scary so Disembowled now. I'm so happy you brought up Blair Witch. Because yeah, that's all that's... I can think of this whole movie. This came out in 1999. Millions upon millions of dollars to all these CGI little faces. And there's nothing even a quarter as scary as the mm-hmm. same year. These three assholes just out in the woods in Burkittsville. <laughs> You know, that's a really good point. And, like, you think about in uh, the Blair Witch Project how most of it, most of the fear from the movie stem from this is all just in the characters' heads. This is all about the tension and everything and how you don't quite see what happens at the very end. And it's just sort of hinted at throughout the entire movie. And this is just really blatant. It's just, yeah, ghosts. Boodly, boodly, boo. All I can think of in this movie is the very end. When she frees the ghost, all I think is the South Park episode where they'd have the skiing competition. <laughs> Thank you, Stan. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, hey guys, hey guys. Disemboweled, Jeffrey. <laughs> now, can you do an impression of the sheriff, but in that voice? <laughs> there ain't no goddamn Hugh Crane. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe. Disemboweled, Jeffrey. No, it's, it's, nah, it's Chris. If you could send me that clip, yeah, if you just isolate that. <laughs> send me that. That'd be cool. Just isolate oh. every time I get really close to the mic and like mutter something. <laughs> In the description, Chris complains about the mixing while Parker edges. <laughs> I'm so powerful right now, you guys. Now, we have to move forward at some point. I'm like you on the bun. So, Disagree. Uh, oh, we damn. have to talk about first the bets because we have to do a bit of catching up. Parker Oops. is still assigned 1979's The Warriors. Naughty Boy needs his spankings because he didn't Sorry. watch it. Uh, now, here's the thing. The Celtics won their series, so they moved on. Now they're three and other Great. They won another series tonight. Great. I'm gonna, yeah, so I owe you a movie, and you owe me a movie because the Bruins got eliminated from the playoffs. Har, har. Do I now? Now, uh, I am ready with my movie to uh, to subject you to. Are you ready with yours? Because if not, I'll just go first. No, because I just learned five seconds ago. Oh, please. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take you your time. What? I'm going to describe. You did say last week you've never watched The Fly, so guess what? Okay. That's I'm your new assignment. All right, I'll do it's, The Fly. It's very important to me that you see it while eating. I'm going to see oh. the black and white version. Anyway. God I'm damn it, show. No. <laughs> You yeah, are you going to, to watch the 1973 version of Jesus Christ Superstar. It's one of my all-time hey. favorite movies. It's really good. So First movie to feature twerking, so at least you have something to look forward to. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Should have led with that. 
Uh, next week we will watch uh, Doctor Goldfoot and the Bikini Machine. Because oh, that is like a trick. that is a title I will not be able to avoid. Oh yeah. Uh, this feels like a trick to get me to watch something old. And I don't. Oh care come for it. on! You Dude, said you want to watch price. more classic movies. You said classic horror, and I'm pretty sure this is not a classic horror movie. It's not. It's like something I said, in the it's, title it's leads me to price. suspect that this is perhaps a comedy. Magic has me in its spell. That old black magic that you weave so well. Those icy fingers up and down my spine. The same old witchcraft when your eyes meet mine. The same old tingle that I feel inside. Then that elevator starts its ride. And down and down I go. Round and round I go. Like a leaf caught in the tide I should stay away But what can I do? I hear your name And I'm a flame A flame with such a burning desire That only your kiss Can put out the fire Cause you're the lover I have waited for You're the mate that fate Had me created for Every time your lips meet mine Darling, down, down I go Round and round I go In a spin, loving the spin of it Under that old black magic Say that word say again. It like that again. Can you say, can you say that word again? Except sexy. Codpiece. No wait. What was the what was the what was the word that I asked you to say in, in a sexy? Oh word? no! Oh, what was I don't it? remember. Uh oh. Oh jeez, it was so funny. Oh, oh I don't it was remember. A, oh, it was an old timer. 
Fuck. I thought of this really funny thing. So, anyways, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's it's something that Catherine Zeta Jones says in the movie, right? Oh, is it that she's a lesbian? <laughs> I don't think. No, no. it was something. Are you sure? No. Shit, no. I don't remember. It was really good though. I fucking you almost fell out of your chair. Yeah. You were laughing so hard. Yeah, yeah. it was oh, it was kind of perfect. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. Wait, okay, let's, now that we can do this, and now that it's pretty obvious I'm going to be cutting all this, can you say the word incels in a sexy voice? (laughs) Incels. Yes! Oh, man. That's our new show opener. I like we have our, I like that we have our own musical instrument right now. I can just play you. (laughs) I'm going to write my own symphony of really dumb shit to say in, like, a sexy voice. (laughs) Or the, the other, um... What's the other one that's Volcel? Um, oh, okay. Now that now you're getting after me. That's not cool. Aww. Sorry that my Kai blasts are so powerful because I store my energy for days. <laughs> powerful. Hey guys. Man. Hey yeah. guys. You know what yeah. you should do? What? Take the red pill. <laughs> <laughs> Look at your lips as you do it. Be hot. Be mm. naughty. Be courteous. <laughs> oh baby. Oh baby. Oh baby. <laughs> I might have to put all this at the end or something. I don't know. <laughs> Goes after the song. That's fine. Oh, That's fine. You know what? Yeah. We're going to quarter the market on incel ASMR. I feel it. <laughs> Jordan Peterson. Step one, uh, make your bed. <laughs> Soy boys. There we go. Now it's working for me. <laughs> oh, fuck. What was it? God damn it. All right, it. so I'll pull up one of Dustin's posts. I need you to read it. <laughs> Dustin. Can, can Dustin. you say big gay ass for me? Wait. <laughs> can you say Dustin. big gay ass <laughs> Is you masturbating? <laughs> can you talk about milk squats in that voice? <laughs> milk squats. Like 15 more seconds. I'm almost there. <laughs> Mark Rippletoad teaches you how to squat with proper form, soft-spoken tapping. I wish I could actually actually remember any fucking... um, I don't remember what I asked you to say, but whatever I asked you to say was like an (laughs) old-timer. I I think it's just the fact that you're pretty good with the voice. It was like, I wasn't expecting... I was expecting you to just say no. (laughs) Yeah, no. I'm not going to say incels in a sexy voice, and she's just like, no, let's dive in. Incels. (laughs) It's gonna drive me Baked crazy. Alaska. I don't remember what it was. The neat shall inherit the earth. <laughs> is neat cell a thing? I don't even know. Or is no, that just kind of a Yeah, that's how free absorbs both androids. Okay, technically, according to the English language, incel does not actually work because involuntary celibate is two separate ideas. Celibate means you are choosing not to have sex already. That's weird. I thought there was like a lot of valid points behind them. Uh, well, well, it's I mean, a, it's okay, you guys. A woman originally coined that term, so it's it's allowed to be wrong. Oh, a woman yeah. thought of it. No wonder I don't like it. 